Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. We need to talk about media coverage. And of course, uh, many of us getting ourselves into, well, a lot of arguments uh, when we see what is going on publicly. A lot of equivalents created between Hamas and Israel by those desperate to continue a narrative that they are very comfortable with. How do we deal with that? Well, Simon Plosker deals with it all the time. He's managing editor of Honest Reporting. Simon, a very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Um, well, you know, I would say I'm okay, thank you, but really none of us are okay here. It's, uh, it's been really quite the most horrific couple of days. Um, I mean, I've, I've been living in Israel for 22 years and, you know, I've done this job for many years as well. And I really can't, can't think of a time like this before because there really hasn't been. And, um, you know, my, my team and I, are spending our days trawling through the media, the coverage of what's been going on. And, uh, of course, it's impossible to to separate ourselves emotionally. Um, just this morning, I was woken up by a phone call from a friend um, sobbing that a relative of hers, um, uh, their, their nephew had just been um, identified as one of the dead soldiers from the mm. very beginning of the, this these horrible events. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been very, very difficult for everyone. And it's just a sign really of, uh, how small this country is that there are so many people who, who either directly or indirectly know someone who's been, uh, you know, caught up in this. It, it, it's just so real and it is so, and, and that's actually one of the things that I'm finding is where you've got armchair reporters sitting around the world saying, well, you know, Israel's now blockading Gaza. It's, it's just as bad collective punishment for, for Hamas. But there's no real, no real understanding of the pain and just how, how horrific this is. Well, I think you've, you've raised an interesting point because I think there's been a difference between the reporting on the ground and the reporting, as you say, from the armchair journalists, um, where, wherever they may be in London, New York or elsewhere. Um, I mean, I just saw this morning a clip on CNN of uh, Nick Robertson, one of their top reporters who's been drafted in to cover things. And he was describing what he saw um at the scene of the music festival and he he got very emotional because you know he said that you know he walked into a you know one of the the bomb shelters um near the scene and the the site that he was confronted with you know the the dead bodies the blood on the walls and and the grounds you know i'm sorry sorry for painting a, mm, a graphic mm. picture but you know and and i don't think any of the reporters who are actually here can be disconnected from the the humanity the the human situation here because you know they they're now starting to interview the families of people who have died or been kidnapped and you know i i defy anyone not to start you know shedding tears when you hear these stories um just just before i you know i mean if anyone looks on their facebook feed for example i don't i don't know about yours howard but mine is is chock full of you know, people asking like, where, where mm, are my relatives? Mm. Have you seen, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, or interviews of family. And I just saw something horrific earlier. Um, it was an interview, um, with, um, a young girl 
And she said that, you know, she got a phone call on, you know, on that morning, on the, the Shabbat morning. Mm. Um, and so look at your Facebook. And they, they looked and it was their grandmother's Facebook feed and a terrorist had uploaded the video footage having grabbed their grandma, this girl's grandmother's phone and showed, showed the actual shooting of the grandmother on Facebook. I mean, I cannot think of, you know, it's, it's just too horrific to think about. It, it's just, so, so now given all of that, how is this being reported in the press? Okay, so we've we've seen a couple of themes that are going on here. Um, one of the main ones is the mischaracterization of Hamas itself. So let's start with the terminology. I think we're all very, very familiar with the, the media's um, use of the word militants, um, which I find, quite frankly, offensive. Um, but we've now moved on because they're not only using the word militants, they are using the word fighters, which is something that I've not really seen over the last few years. Um, you know, describing these terrorists as fighters, as if they're some sort of legitimate army. Um, we even, we even saw a photo caption, for example, um, it was on Bloomberg, which actually referred to Hamas soldiers in the same sentence as Israeli soldiers. I'm sorry, but these are not militants. They're not fighters. Um, and they're not even raiders, as Reuters called them in one of its articles. These are terrorists. And if anyone was in any doubt whatsoever about what Hamas is about, then all they have to do is look at the absolute barbarity of what has happened. So that's been one thing we've noticed as well. Plus, I mean, for example, Sky News in its explainer about what Hamas is referred to it as a political organization. Um, and they've refused to correct that. Um, we've also seen, you know, the aims of Hamas being distorted. Um, for example, the Washington Post um, said that its goals are to create a Palestinian state in the West Bank, Gaza and East Jerusalem. Well, no, its goals are not. They're not interested in statehood. They're interested in erasing the state of Israel. And they plan. And the way to do this, of course, we've seen is pretty genocidal. So. You know, I've seen all sorts of weird things going on. Um, one interview on CNN by a security expert, so-called, a guy called Peter Layton. I just want to read you this mm, quote. Mm. He, he said, he said, Hamas wants to be treated as a regular state and wants to sit down and talk peace with the Israelis. But that means a compromise on both sides. The Israelis have never been willing to compromise before. Excuse me. Um, Hamas wants to sit down and talk peace with the Israelis, and we, the Israelis, have never been willing to compromise before. Um, I mean, it's just mind-boggling, really. It's it, it it really really is. The fact that there is at least a fair amount of positive sentiment for Israel, given the horror of what people are seeing in terms of the images that are coming out, the, the, the sheer cruelty of it, the, 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 the story of a person who logged onto Facebook so that the family could see them killing the grandmother, the, 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 just the sheer brutality, the hatred of it. How long will that sympathy 
for Israel last? Because certainly I'm already seeing, well, Israel's just as bad because they are taking it out on 2.3 million innocent children in, in Gaza. That's what we're starting to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that we have a limited amount of time here before the effects of this wear off because we're already seeing in some of the papers already that, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, numbers of rockets and buildings destroyed rather than the actual human cost. And, you know, even the casualty figures as well, we're seeing sort of a moral equivalence where you have a, a sentence, for example, Reuters earlier said, uh, about 500 Israelis and Palestinians dead, lumping them together, despite the fact that we know um, full well that most of those dead Palestinians are terrorists and combatants. Mm. What's, I mean, what usually happens in a situation like this, and unfortunately we've seen it play out many times before, um, is as soon as the um, Palestinian death toll starts to rise, um, and certainly if it's higher than the Israeli one, and obviously this particular time it's been unusual horrifically because, of course, the Israeli death toll has been so high. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I think everyone... Um, understands and believes that a ground operation is going to be launched by the IDF in mm, the coming mm. days and probably weeks. This is something that's not going to go away in a, in, in the next few days. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be bloody and it's going to be horrible. And there's going to be all sorts of scenes from Gaza being played out, um, that that's going to dominate the screens. And I think, you know, it's also, we're also going to have a problem given that the journalists who have been parachuted in right now, they're on the Israeli side of the border. They're currently covering the the massacre that occurred. Um, I doubt that they will be allowed to get into Gaza from the Israeli side. So what does that leave? That leaves a lot of Palestinian stringers and journalists doing the reporting under, well, basically under Hamas conditions. And it, we're going to be seeing lots of scenes that have been basically doctored or distorted in order to uh, in order to pre- present the Palestinian side. Um, I'm quite sure we'll see um, lots of footage from outside Shifa Hospital in Gaza City, mm, mm. where they'll be taking lots of uh, you know injured people into the hospital. And what they do before they get in front of the camera is remove these people's guns, the weapons that were on them at the time, which prove definitively that they are combatants and terrorists. So then they turn them into civilians. And I'm quite sure we're going to be witnessing scenes like this in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be incredibly difficult, and um, we're going to have our backs against the wall, um, certainly in the media battle. Um, If not, uh, certainly I believe we will be on top in the military one. And uh, that is uh, where we leave it. This is there's no doubt that we will be chatting to Simon Plosker again uh, as uh, the reporting continues. Simon Plosker's managing editor of Honest Reporting. It's eight thirty.